What are you going to do? Why don't you quit the police force? Well, this sounds so disapproving, Madge. No, no, it's your life. But you were the bright young lawyer that decided he was going to be chief of police someday. Well, I had to quit. Why? Well, it's because of this fear of heights I have, this acrophobia. I wake up at night seeing that man fall from the roof and I try to reach out to him and I, I, it's just... It wasn't your fault. I know, that's what everybody tells me. Johnny, the doctor's explained to you. I know, I know. I have acrophobia, which gives me vertigo and I get dizzy. What is up, everyone? This is another episode of The RP and today we're looking at Sight and Sound's best movie of all time, Vertigo. I am here with three of my friends. Sight and sound? What does that mean? Sight and sound <laughs> critic. I don't know. But I looked it up in the trivia and it said that they it was, it replaced Citizen Kane as the best movie of all time in 2012. So Sight and Sound is a critic? It's a, like a website. Oh. It's a website for or a critics, magazine of some kind. I'm unclear. <laughs> okay. it, the more th- this is their favorite movie of all time. Apparently. Uh, the more that we talk about it, I feel like the less compelling it is. So I just wanted to throw it in there and then not talk about it again. Oh. So like the more that I say sight and sound, yeah, the more people are like, because the more people are like, I've never heard of that. But if I wouldn't have brought up sight and sound, they could have just been like, oh, that must be some big thing that I just don't know about. Yeah. Got it. I I won't bring up sight and sound anymore. All right. Uh, Is it, (laughs) is Vertigo still sight and sound's favorite or is it now Paddington 2? <laughs> you know, is it Paddington Two now? Didn't Paddington Two just get like a hundred percent score it on just something? Beat Citizen Kane on the other guys. Really? So, wow! I yeah. haven't seen Paddington. I uh, haven't either. Or I haven't seen Paddington Two or One. I haven't seen either one, but I've heard they're both pretty good. How well, in five years we can review it. Yeah, we might be able to review it now. I don't know when they came out. Yeah, how old is Paddington One? I'm not sure. I don't know about Paddington One, but Paddington Two I thought just came out. Isn't that a movie about a stuffed bear? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a yeah cartoon. Paddington Bear. Yeah, well, it's sort of a cartoon. I think it's a I think it's a real life. I think, yeah, animation. I think it's real. But the oh, Paddington Two was twenty seventeen. Paddington like, One was twenty fourteen. We can. We it's can do like it. Ted, but like not crude. <laughs> <laughs> Is Mark Wahlberg in it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought he played although, Paddington. Although uh, that would be amazing if Paddington really was the exact same cast as Ted. <laughs> it's just the just clean. For kids. Just yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Paddington's they, uh, got a hundred percent on uh the other guys. Well, you know what? You can expect that sometime late next year. Our Paddington episode. Our Paddington episode. I'm excited for Paddington. I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. Do you think that should be in Bummer Summer? <laughs> <laughs> Is it not a happy so. movie? <laughs> That bear looks oh, no. pretty cheery. <laughs> I, but I, the bear would look like he was about to fall into a river. That's just his like hijinks, you know. He's oh. getting yeah, into some shenanigans. He's just being like silly Paddington. <laughs> what if what if it was like a super serious movie when they like killed off Paddington? Well, then what happens in Paddington too? How does how does Paddington revenge of Paddington? <laughs> no, that was Paddington. Too. Oh, that was Paddington. Too. <laughs> yeah, he dies in Paddington too. Yeah, Paddington dies at the end of Paddington too. Yeah, I don't Shoot. know. But I will say, Bummer Summer is coming, guys. I mean, I hope it's not. You want to give us a teaser for what you got planned? Run from it. (laughs) Bummer summer still arrives. Uh, No, I'm not going to give you guys a teaser. Um, No teasers at all. So when when will we find out? Just like the week before we have to watch the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The week before, um, I've been thinking a lot about Bummer Summer. Um, Yeah, I think think I'm going to reveal my first pick the week before. And then each time we do it, I'll give the next one. Is it Human Centipede 2? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I thought though, I thought through like, like, do I want to just absolutely punish us? And I, I don't want to do that. I mean, the way that you're shrouding this in mystery it makes me feel like you're punishing us. But here's the thing. They still have to be movies you absolutely should have seen. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying to stick true to that. Um, and they're not going to be like absolutely just miserable times. They might be actually to like some of you guys, but like I thought about maybe doing the pianist. Have you guys seen that? Oh no. And I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Thank I, you. Is yeah. it, is it a real bummer? It's yeah, a, it's a big bummer. I think we should do it. <laughs> the, another, another one like in that same vein that would be a huge bummer to do would be black swan. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess we're not doing Black Swan. We're not doing Black Swan. I've never seen Black Swan. But oh, okay. It's it's a, it's a big bummer. Let me tell you. But next hey, year's bummer, bummer summer. Bummer summer 2022. With season know. three, Zach? Season three, Zach. Yeah. We don't even know who that is. We don't yet. We don't. I'm, I'm still holding out for simp, Zach, for season three. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what do, what, what do I simp for? I think uh, us. Bummers. I think us. <laughs> Every week is bummer summer. You just love being a bummer. Yeah, I think it uh I think it has to be said. I don't think we've talked about this on the pod, so you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But uh Bummer Summer has pivoted a little bit. It has. Uh we initially were going to do Bummer Summer. It was something we were going to do to each other. But now <laughs> this year, Bummer Summer is something that Zach is doing to us. Correct. So Zach's picks over summer are gonna be bummers. They're gonna be bummers. Uh the first one, I think I'm gonna ease us into Bummer Summer. Okay. okay. I don't think the first one's going to be a walk to too, No, I'm not doing that. Um, that would be even lighter than he's going. Oh, oh no. Yeah, it's even lighter, lighter than, 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 yeah. than girl dies of cancer, like right before her wedding, <laughs> right after her wedding. Yeah. Yeah, Oof. I think so. Yeah. All right. But still I'm stoked. lighter than the preceding two films. I will say the second July's Bomber Summer, I haven't seen that movie. Mm. Okay, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. It might not be. Do you know if Bad Boys too? Do you know if any of us have seen it? Uh, I don't know, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you guys right now. The fact is, I haven't seen it, so it's fair game. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably pretty sure that Tyler has seen it, and I actually think that there's probably a good chance that you guys have seen it, but I haven't seen it. So, and I want to. Jake doesn't watch bummer movies. I've seen Bad Boys too. That's what it is. (laughs) There's a there's a good chance that Jake has seen this because. There's an aspect of it that Jake really likes. Oh, Clint Eastwood's in it. Oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> all right. Wow, you just nailed it. That's Super all I'll say. This. If you guys can guess it, then take a crack at it. I mean, how many bummer movies could Clint Eastwood have done, you know? I feel like he's probably done a, a good hand. A Actually, fair amount. He's old. More than, more than most other actors have done bummers. Is it Gran Torino? No, it's not Gran Torino. I don't feel like Gran Torino is like a movie you absolutely should have seen. Yeah, it is a bummer, though. It, it is a bummer. It is yeah. a bummer. Well, uh, we're excited for Bummer Summer. It's uh, coming up soon. It's coming up very soon. Uh, and so Z- uh, Zach's first uh, pick for, for Bummer Summer is going to drop on June 7th. Uh, so be sure to, to look out for that. Uh, we don't know what it is yet, uh, but we're, we're going to find out very, very soon together. Uh, but we're doing... Uh, this uh, snooze fest based on that uh, snooze fest based on that just based on the audio clip like <laughs> that we <laughs> chose. Yeah, there weren't a lot of great audio clips to pick from. Like we we're no. talking about, it and I was like, oh, I guess James Stewart talking. Yeah, <laughs> James well, Stewart funny. has one speed. We've actually talked about him multiple times on the pod because he recommended "There Will Be Blood." Uh, Tyler 
uh, from from work. oh Tyler yeah he he was asking what movies we had coming up next and we were I was talking through some of the upcoming ones and I said Vertigo and he said what's that oh, oh he had never interesting heard of he yeah. hasn't heard of Sight and Sound <laughs> he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't follow, he doesn't sight, follow and sight and Sound he's yeah. not that into movies yeah. I will say, uh, like, you know, I, I, I called it a snooze fest. I, I, I love this movie. Uh, I'm, I'm just giving Jake a hard time from the audio clip, but we are doing vertigo and Jake, you nominated this movie. I did. I had never seen it, but I love Hitchcock movies. And I was like, we're more than a year into this podcast about movies and we haven't talked about Hitchcock one time. Yeah. So I was like, this is, this is the best one according to the internet. And I might agree. It might be my favorite Hitchcock movie I've seen. Well, and two, it's also, uh, I, I had sort of seen vertigo. I only like half watched it when I was a kid. Uh, I was over at my grandparents' house and we watched it, but I was 10. So, you know, did not resonate with me at the time. Um, but this is one of those movies that really set the tone for a lot of other movies to come after it. Um, a lot of, uh, Hitchcock was, you know, really, uh, a huge influence on, on later directors and even had some things like, uh, the trombone shot, the trombone zoom that, uh, is, you know, occurs several times in this movie where like the world around them grows, but they stay the same size in the frame. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in, uh, in fellowship of the ring features the trombone which shot was that uh it's when uh elijah it's when uh frodo first encounters the nazgul uh they're on the 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 hobbits are trying to get to uh the prancing pony and they're on the road and they they find mushrooms and frodo senses them coming down the road and there's this great big huge trombone zoom that happens there and the first time I saw that when I was a kid, I loved it. Well, that was invented by Hitchcock on Vertigo. Hmm. Apparently, he uh, wanted to do it 18 years previously in 1940, but was limited by the technology of his time. I didn't get much more than that. But that shot in this movie, in the the mission, cost 19 grand for wow. 1958 dollars to sh- shoot down the stairwell, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's didn't you say it was shot on miniatures? Yeah, they had to like take miniatures and lay them on their sides because they couldn't actually do it vertically. They uh, couldn't crane a camera down. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. I would think that like the only way you could like even come up with that concept of doing that shot is just messing around with your cameras and whatnot. But like, it sounds like he had the idea in his head. And couldn't even like realize it until the technology caught up to like this idea. Yeah, he said. Uh, apparently, I was reading about it. It was inspired from a time that he fainted at a party, and then he thought of it from. He there. had that experience. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. The for listeners that don't know, uh, a trombone shot is achieved by uh, what you do is you put the camera on a dolly of some kind on tracks, and you pull the camera back. Uh, like physically, geographically, while you zoom in at the same time and at the same speed. And so that way you're capturing uh, just the, the subject at the same like size in the frame, but their their environment gets so much bigger around them. It That's can also cool. be the opposite as well, right? You can do, you can do the opposite as well and, and achieve Sweet. a similar yeah. effect, yeah. Sweet. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's actually uh it's it's widely used now, but it's still a tricky shot to pull off even with today's technology. And now we have computers that do zooming for us, you know, the, our lenses have, you know, servo motors that handle that and we can set speeds and it's still tricky to to pull off. Uh so the fact that Hitchcock invented it and was able to pull it off and was able to conceptualize it without the technology there is, is super impressive. Mm -hmm. And I think earns vertigo. It's it's place in history. So none of us had seen this before. I don't you only, think so. You only kind of. So is this our first one that all of us have not seen? I believe so. We haven't been keeping track of in our data sheet who, like who hadn't seen who it. hadn't seen it. Yeah. But uh, I, I think this is probably if not the first it's one of the first yeah i think this is our first one that all of us haven't seen so congratulations yeah. on that jake this was almost the ultimate jake pick i was telling the guys before we started recording because like it's old it's kind of slow i haven't seen it which is a staple for most of our movies here uh <laughs> and i thought everybody else was gonna hate it i watched it and i loved it and i was like they're gonna hate this that's a bummer this but is this is really your favorite hitchcock movie it might be. It I might mean, be. I haven't seen. I haven't seen as many as I would like. But like, what have you seen? I've seen like uh, Psycho and The Birds and Dial in for Murder. I've seen North by Northwest, and that might. I feel like I've seen another, but I can't remember. And I also watched a lot of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, which is oh a, sure a show that he had, which was a lot of fun, and I, I liked that a lot. So you like this one more than Psycho? Yes, I think so. Okay. I haven't seen Psycho in a while, so maybe if I watched it again, I would feel differently, but I think I do. Gotcha. I think this is my first Hitchcock movie. I've, this is the only one I've seen. Really? You haven't seen Psycho? Mm-mm. I've seen, uh, I've seen bits and pieces of birds. I've seen psycho and I've seen North by Northwest, but that's it for Hitchcock. I've seen more of though. Alfred Hitchcock presents than I saw his movies. I love Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock presents my goodness. The, your take is the opposite of Anthony Jesselneck's take on his pod. He talked about how he is a big Hitchcock fan. And then he went to see vertigo for the first time and he thought it sucked. You know what? Apparently he agrees with most of the critics in 1958. Apparently this movie bombed. And That's really interesting. Nobody liked it. And then in after years, people loved it. It's, it's become like, uh, it, it developed a cult following in later years. Yeah, I guess. But you, like, it seems like it's more than a cult following. Cause I feel like a lot of people would regard this. as. I mean, sight and movies. sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sight is number one they on sight and sound. It. Yeah. But I mean, like this is the highest reviewed Hitchcock on, uh, the other guys, I think on IMDb and on like, you know, a lot of places. When I, was I would have thought that it would be psycho. And I'm pretty sure this is, I, I didn't look this up before, but I remember at one point when I was a kid reading that vertigo was on, uh, AFI's top 10. Mm. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm sure it is uh, a funny thing about this movie failing though uh i was reading i thought it was really funny was hitchcock blamed james stewart for looking too old to attract an audience anymore and so <laughs> he just never worked with james stewart again even though they had worked together a bunch i mean i remember thinking like he looks too old to attract this young pretty woman there's like a a 20 something year age gap i forget what it is that's between them weird yeah because she's like 24 and he's like yeah. in his 40s <laughs> yeah what uh do you like did you read some of the reasons that critics at the time didn't like this movie um i forgot to i meant to and then i started working and i i forgot to, i was oh, in, cool. i was in a meeting looking up trivia uh don't tell my boss <laughs> all right well i mean where do you work again hopefully he doesn't yeah, listen to this no i don't think he does 
All right, all right, all right. Let's just jump into uh, just the facts so that we can get this episode rolling. Uh, this, as we've mentioned already, was directed by Alfred Hitchcock, written by Alec Koppel and Samuel Taylor. I have an interesting trivia about that. Oh, yeah, hit so, us. Uh, apparently, Alec Koppel is only credited as a writer for legal reasons. He <laughs> didn't write a single word of the final draft. Apparently, he wrote an early draft of the script. And then I forget, what was the other guy's name? Uh, S- Samuel Taylor. Samuel Taylor uh, didn't read his early draft and then wrote a completely new draft of the script based off of Hitchcock's story outline. And he also didn't read the source material. So Koppel wow. actually didn't have anything to do with writing the movie. Because this was, in fact, based on a book. Yeah, I forget the name of it, but it's like a book that takes place in Paris that then Hitchcock decided to move it to San Francisco because he thought that would be a much more torturous city to have vertigo in because it's so hilly. Or Mm. acrophobia. Yes, acrophobia. Yeah. Uh, This was released May 22nd, 1958. Um, The other guys have this at a 94%. Uh, IMDb has it an 8.3. But to to Jake's point, based on critical reception uh, and, and I guess, audience reception, uh, this did $7.7 million in the box office, which is a lot in 1958, but it was on a $2.5 million budget. And I mean, I don't know this because I haven't looked into it, but I imagine that a lot of that could have just been the name Alfred Hitchcock pulling people in or James Stewart, you know, and then people saw it and didn't like it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart was in particular a really big deal at the time and and you know, anyone who liked singing in the rain would have gone to go see uh would have gone to go see this based on that. Uh this won no Academy Awards. Uh but it was uh nominated for two categories, best art direction and best sound. Hmm. Uh so, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's sound editing, sound mixing. Scott, you did the... I did. I think it was sound mixing. Okay, sound mixing. Those are two different categories. Yep. Not anymore, though, right? I believe that the Oscars have now condensed it to one, and it's just sound now. Oh, I think right. so, yeah. I, th- I think this year, 2021, was the first year that they have combined it into just one. I've got to be honest. I didn't watch the Academy Awards I, this year. I didn't either. Uh, apparently, it was the lowest ratings they've ever had. By a lot, First too. time under 10 million or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, like, it, it's typical for them to be in the tens, like 20, 30 million viewers, and they've had even more massive years. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I heard this year it was something like three or four million viewers this year. Well, uh, what's Anthony Hopkins? He won Best Actor, and he was the father. Even, he wasn't even there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, we're still living like in a very early post-COVID world, mm-hmm. where like I could imagine, even if he wanted to be there at his age, it might have been prohibitive to be there. Yeah, he wasn't allowed, and I don't even think he watched. He's. I, I read an article that said he was asleep in bed when they announced he wanted. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, if the Academy can uh, can bounce back from this. It sounded, uh, it was really interesting. I was, I was kind of reading about it because this is the first time, maybe ever, I don't know, but in a long time where they had uh, the Best Actor nomination at the very end. So Best Picture wasn't the last award, which was super weird. And I don't know if this is true, but from what I read, the the director whoever directed the oscars this year like they assumed that chadwick boseman was gonna win oh best actor so they made that the last award and it was gonna be this like 
a, you know, kind of like a legacy win for Chadwick, and it was going to be a kind of like a, a honorary thing for him. And but then, then go also into kinda, like the montage, yeah, kind of. A- and then he didn't win, <laughs> and it was super underwhelming, and was just kind of ended on this really weird note. And they didn't even have Anthony Hopkins do a speech. That it would be kinda, a super weird ending. It, it sounded, yeah, like from everything I saw online, everyone was just kind of like a, that was just a weird Oscars. Like, why wouldn't they let him do a Zoom speech or something, you know? I don't know. And that's the thing is, I, I also read that like his, Hopkins agents like wanted him to, like they said like, hey, he can do one. Like he's available to do it. But like they said, no. I don't know why. I, I don't know the details. But like he was down to, to give a speech and they didn't let him. That is super weird. Yeah, I don't know. We'll 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 have to see next year once everything is maybe settled down a bit more. It seems like, you know, travel's opening back up a little bit as vaccines have rolled out and and who knows, maybe we'll be back to, you know, what we've come to expect out of the Academy Awards and maybe they they won't bounce back from this. But let's jump into Vertigo. Jake, we heard a little bit from you about this. Um, but yeah, we were all late bloomers to this. So Scott, do you want to start off? What was your uh, initial impression watching this movie? Yeah, I went in thinking, oh gosh, <laughs> this is going to be another Jake fic. Was it the the opening sequence that took three minutes that worried you? Just the like thumbnail of before we started watching. I was like, this is old. Like it's... And in my mind, I think I just have old movies as bad. Yeah. Um, and so I went in with low expectations and they were far surpassed. Like I thought this was a really good movie. Yeah. You in fact went through and like added to our list after watching this, you went through and added a ton of very older older movies. movies. Well, it's because watching this gave me confidence that, Oh, older movies can be good. Now I kind of want to watch these other ones that have won awards. Zach, what about you? What do you think watching this? That's interesting. I feel like I'm, I might be the only one here who like really didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was one of those movies where like I, I was watching it. I, I feel like I could appreciate it for what it was. And, you know, I like how influential and, and important it has become to be. Um, but it, as a movie itself, like I, I wasn't super into it. I, I just personally wasn't super entertained by it. Uh, I feel like it took a long time to kind of get going. Like it feels like the first hour of it is really just like a guy in his forties hanging out with his friend's wife for an hour. You know, it's interesting. I think that that really was a very good misdirect though, because like when we got to the end of it or not the end of it, the middle of it where like she dies mm-hmm. and then I, I paused it. I was like, how is there so much time left in this movie? Cause I thought that was, cause it feels like story. that is like the ending. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're somewhere else and it, I, genuinely just didn't see it coming. I was taken so by Yeah, surprise. and I, that's when the movie gets interesting for me, but it took like an hour to get there. And so for the first half of the movie, I'm I'm waiting for something to hook me into the movie, you know? Whereas I could have used something a little little sooner, um, just personally, you know? Like, it, it just felt like it, it took a long time to kind of get going. And I, I never really understood any character's motivations for doing anything. I actually was texting Jake afterwards thinking like the only way I can make sense of any of these people's like uh, choices or motivations for what they're doing is to think that they're all very like unhealthy individuals or like kind of crazy. I mean, I think at least like James Stewart 
is. Yeah. And so for, I think for the first half, I'm just like, what, what is he doing? Like, why is he doing this? Like, this is really weird. And then you do kind of find out like he, he does have some like issues. And so that made me more sympathetic to like some of the stuff that he was doing. But then even like the, the other woman, I was kind of thinking like she, there's stuff wrong with her too. Yeah. I didn't understand some of her motivations. Like it was just like, kind of like, Oh, I guess she fell in love with him. When but she it was like, why? To, but why? Why did she fall in love with him? Like, yeah. he's so weird and creepy. I didn't, and <laughs> I didn't understand that, but maybe she also had her own issues. She that, agreed to help plan a murder. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Like, that's the only way I could make sense of it was that they both have just like some screws loose. <laughs> but I was very interested in the beginning when I, I was like, oh, this is like a fun, like supernatural movie. Like, I yeah. haven't seen Hitchcock like do something like, like a ghost movie, you know? And I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is fun. And then it just completely took me in another direction. Mm-hmm. And I was interested in that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I was very interested. Like, I, I think that it's a good, like, it's got, like, uh, a good solid premise to it. It just felt like I was waiting, like, all right, like, get me there. Like, come on, let's, you know, just, I don't know, you know? Um, and uh, what else did I want to say say about it? Um no, I, I, I thought the, the premise itself was really interesting. Um, I thought the twist was really good. I really liked it. I remember what I wanted to say. This felt like, uh, like I feel like if I was in 58 watching this movie, it would feel like watching like a Christopher Nolan movie now mm-hmm. where I'd be like, holy crap, this is crazy. Like you don't see movies like this very often. And so I feel like I give it credit for that. Like yeah. I, I do, I can't appreciate it. I think just in 2021 when I've seen so many psychological thrillers um and maybe i'm just a little bit more conditioned to a little faster pace when it comes to that kind of thing like it, it was harder for me to like feel super engaged i i didn't really like any of the characters at all but i don't really hold that against the movie i don't think you have to like the characters but it just personally made it harder for me to like be super engaged in the movie speaking of things that might have been like crazy to audiences at the time this is the first movie to ever use a computer generated graphic hmm. yeah that whole like bit was weird it felt like very kubrickish oh, you know very kubrick yeah and yeah. that was that was cool yeah i uh <clears throat> i would say that for me i loved the back half of the movie the front half was hard for me to get into um and i think i agree with you zach i i think that maybe i'm i'm just you know being 30 years old and having grown up mostly in the 21st century, I'm just a little bit conditioned to faster pace Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm not opposed to slower pace as we've seen in my picks on this podcast, but this was even, you know, a little bit slower than that. And that's the case in most movies, uh, you know, pre 1970, they were all very slow paced and all very dialogue heavy. Uh, And, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that, um, but it just took me a little while to to get into it, you know, from the movies I've been watching more recently uh, to then going to this. Like, you know, Zach, you brought up uh, you brought up uh, Christopher Nolan. Like, if I'm going to put Vertigo side by side with Tenet, Tenet has me gripped in the first scene where this has like a little bit of a slow burn, but I would say that on a story basis... I think Vertigo beats Tenet in like in its story and the back half, the twist. I mean, I, I've seen now, you know, like we've talked about, like we've joked about uh, the list of a thousand one movies you absolutely should see before you die. 
I've definitely seen over a thousand movies and I did not see this twist coming. Mm-hmm. Me neither. And I, I would agree with everything you just said. Yeah. It mm-hmm. was like, it, I didn't see it coming so much to the point where like I was refusing to see that it was the same actress. I was like, that's a different person. I right? was yeah, too. Me too. Me mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I, I, I think it was a, a really solid twist. Really clever. Um, one of the biggest things that was tough for me to get over was uh, I just didn't understand these characters and more so I just didn't understand their like love for each other you know sure Uh, I just thought it was weird I just I couldn't understand why this like pretty 24 year old woman was so in love with old Jimmy Stewart who's just (laughs) creepy the whole he's so creepy in this movie I think (laughs) that like especially in the back half oh yeah oh (laughs) even in the first half too like she wakes up in his house she, you know, oh she's yeah naked, naked in his naked bed. in his bed and i was like this is freaking weird and you know like I, I i can't remember does she know that this is a friend of her husband or that it you know her supposed I, husband i think she does because yeah, i think yeah. she knows the whole setup yeah it's she's so weird but then especially in the second half and that's where i actually got a little more sold on it because in the second half it's just like oh he's just he's supposed to be a weirdo right he's supposed mm-hmm. to be crazy you know it was uh i was reading a bit about it apparently hitchcock felt like this was even like exploring a bit of necrophilia on uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart's part where like he was so in love with this dead woman that he just had to make her again and be in love with her. Yeah. A little, a little like Frankenstein esque almost. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I totally get what you mean. And I think part of it too, is that when we get introduced to, to Jimmy Stewart's character, Scotty, um, who, I don't understand his name at all. His name's John Ferguson. I didn't get it either. <laughs> and he goes by Scotty. Me it, too. <laughs> Your name is John Ferguson? Yeah. <laughs> like it, like, and the way that he like introduced himself to her, he was like, uh, people, uh, my name's John people who don't know me that well or something call me Scotty. Like I would, it was just a weird like introduction. So arbitrary. Like just <laughs> yeah. the way it all worked. Yeah. It was like, well, why do they do that? Uh, <laughs> oh, I tell them to. <laughs> yeah. That's what it felt like. Uh-huh. Like my, my family calls me something else, but you know, people who uh, new acquaintances call me Scotty. Um, but when we get introduced to him, we have this initial sense that a he's probably a heroic person and b he's probably a like a a hero like a a moral person uh you know from the rooftop chase scene and you know when he's talking to uh to midge like how you know like his relationship with her he seems very like noble and i don't want to be like uh i don't know this might be offensive i'm i'm not sure but like his his relationship with midge to me it almost seemed like they were setting him up to be like the confirmed bachelor of the 50s which was just code for a gay guy uh you know that his like best friend that he was sort of engaged to for a while but then they broke it off but now they're still best friends and it's totally platonic like it seemed like they were setting him up to be that type of a character and so i'm thinking like he's going to be really a a victim of this movie. You know what I mean? Like a good guy that's going to become a victim. And I did not see the whole creepy guy aspect coming, but he was, he was totally creepy and weird. Yeah. I mean, I think like from the moment that he agreed to tail his friend's wife and like do the whole thing, I was like, okay, this is a little bit weird. Like your friend thinks his wife thinks she's possessed by a ghost and you're like, all right, I'm just going to, 
spend my days dragging her down. I was like, that's a little bit creepy from the beginning. (laughs) Well, I didn't think it was creepy. I I hear you, but I I didn't think that was creepy because he like didn't believe it. And you know, it's his friend and he has like some background in this. So to be a private investigator, you know, like I didn't see, I didn't see anything weird about it at first, but I get what you mean in hindsight. I I didn't think it was weird until uh, she woke up naked in his bed. (laughs) That that was the worst. Yeah, that was the worst part where I was like, is she, did he, did Marge come over or did Mitch come over? Like I had, I just, I couldn't track that. That was all I was thinking. And she clearly time. didn't because then Mitch drives by and sees her leave. And she's like, who's that kind of hurt by it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole thing, that whole scene was weird. I totally get what you guys are saying with the, the front half of the movie for me, the second half like paid off the front half. And so I sure. was willing to kind of like just overwrite that a little bit. Yeah, no, totally. I think like, I guess I'm a product of my upbringing and like these, I watched a bunch of old things. So like the slow pacing doesn't bother me. And like, I mean, maybe they should, but the age gaps don't bother me because I feel like that was just so common. Like you, it was it old, old, older guys would stay famous for so long, but I don't think that women were allowed to, you know, play those kinds of roles uh, when they got a little bit older. And so like, it's just, it's like whatever. And also like fast falling in love that makes no sense happens a lot in old movies too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I kind of didn't think about true, those yeah. until you set them, you know, yeah, that's true. So do you, Jake, do you watch a movie like tenant and you're just like, Whoa, hold on like too fast. No, I, I, I like both. You've I, adapted. I, like, these are just like, like comfortable movies. Like I like, uh, there are certain movies that I think are like daytime movies. I don't know how else to describe it where it's like, okay, I'm, I have like some free time in the middle of the day. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch something and I'm going to like, I probably really like it, but it's not gonna be like super fast. Is that something else you don't want your boss to know? No, like this. this I watched this on a Saturday afternoon. You know, got it. it yeah. Well, it's because I think you grew up, like you know, on weekends sitting watching Turner Classic Movies in the daytime with You're your dad. Watching, so that's yeah. why it's like a daytime movie. For Turner you. Classic Movies. Scott's watching TNT. Exactly. Oh, no, yeah. TBS. TBS or TBN. 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 Neither. Either of those are good. Uh, no, but for real, like, I think that's cause I think Scott would say the same thing about a lot of the movies on TBN. Like that just seems like something you watch, like when you're bored yeah. in the day, not something that you independence would like. day is an 11 AM movie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like, I don't think that that makes some bad movies. Like no, I really no. like a lot of those movies, yeah. but if I was like at night, I'm like, I want to watch something really good right now. I don't know that I would be like, Oh, let's throw on vertigo. Maybe I would. Cause like recently I did watch, um, dial in for murder for the first time. And I just threw that on like a Friday night. So, but you know, just kind of what feels right to me. Yeah, no, I, I get that. It makes a lot of sense to me. What did uh season two Zach think? Uh, I guess the exact same way. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. It's season two. He's season two Zach. Yeah, he I is. wasn't sure if his response earlier was regular Zach or season two Zach. There is no more regular it Zach. It seemed more like regular Zach to me. Well, we do have our friend Zach who we interact with. And then occasionally on the podcast, season two Zach comes out. I haven't seen our friend Zach in a while. When I see him, he just tells me to pick better movies. <laughs> I think that's the thing is that if you're picking better movies, it, that like abates season two Zach. Interesting. Uh, I'm like the Hulk. Uh, Got it. You don't want to make mad. me angry. <laughs> you won't <laughs> like Zach when you pick bad movies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've got to say on the nose, uh, you've succeeded 
because you picked an old movie that is good. Just like uh, out of left field, because we were talking about this a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, I think I want to pick Vertigo. And then Tyler looked kind of bummed. And Zach wasn't, <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott wasn't there, but Zach was not happy about it either. And Tyler's like, I was important for movies, but I'm, I'm not going to like it. And then I was like, great. Well, I, th- I was bummed just because I was going purely off of Anthony Jeselnik's take of just like, this is the worst Hitchcock one. Do you think it's as bad as he says? I, well, I've never seen any other Hitch. This is my first Hitchcock too. Oh, so I don't know. Hitchcock two sounds like a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it a blend of Will Smith's characters, Hancock and Hitch? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I'm down for that. He was also an Alfred Hitchcock. He's, yeah. he's a superhero that's very suave. Yeah. <laughs> he's like in Hitchcock the first, you know, he's kind of, you know, brash and, you know, but now he's, uh, he's, he's a, he's a ladies man. He mm-hmm. uses his powers to help Kevin James. Get dates. <laughs> yeah. But that, yeah, uh, no, I, would be, I would want to see. I, I finished vertigo like comforted by Jesselnick's take of like, okay, Maybe there's going to be other Hitchcock movies that I'll like a lot more than this. And then you said, this is your favorite one. And I was just like, oh, that's a bummer. Except I, you and Jake disagree on old movies. We do. So. And I love a some lot of, of them. Yeah. Like I've, I've never watched an Alfred Hitchcock movie and been like, oh, I'm upset that I watched that. You sure. Know? Yeah. I think that he, I think he's a very good storyteller. Uh, there's a couple that I, I might nominate, probably not this year, maybe next year. Um, Rear Window sounds really good to me. Rope sounds really good. I think Rope is the one that he did he kind of like did the first all one take shtick i think with rope i've never heard of either of those that's the, that's why heard of rear window uh-uh. oh wow there's another james stewart that's why I, I wasn't sure if it would be like are these two movies that you absolutely should have seen like i'm glad that we're like eventually going to do psycho i'm really excited to do psycho um but i i just wasn't sure if rear window fit you know but if you guys I okay think it absolutely it, does okay then i'll probably do it at some point um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, a little bit about the acting in this, um, because, you know, Jake, to your point, you know, you grew up on, on older movies. I kind of did too, um, just in a very, a much more limited way. Uh, so my stepdad is, you know, a fair amount older than my, than my mom is. Uh-huh. And I grew up spending weekends with his parents who were like, you know, my no, no was a world war two veteran. Like they're very old. And so I would spend weekends hanging out with them, uh, specifically on Sundays. And pretty much every Sunday I would go over to their house. They would put on a movie while they talked. And so I would be watching some either very old movie or twilight zone episode or something like that. Uh, and then we go to dinner and uh, so I, I've seen a lot of these movies and I, like I said, I'd sort of seen Vertigo before, but, you know, it did not catch my 10 year old fancy. Um, and so I've gotten to see a lot of stuff in the 1940s, 50s and 60s that where the acting is a little over the top where they acted like it was a people that seemed like they came out of theater backgrounds uh, versus now, like in my modern sensibility, like I would say that acting has like maybe evolved a fair amount and become a lot more believable. That's my opinion. I want to see what you guys think about that. I think I agree with that. Like, I feel like watching a lot of older movies, I feel like I'm watching a play almost. Yeah. There's like a lot of like really animated people and then that just kind of like 
it kind of helps me watching an older movie, I think, because I'm like, okay, like this is just I'm watching a story and it's not going to it's not necessarily going to be like really believable, but there's going to be a good story there. And I could like a lot of this. Yeah, so, like it, it doesn't bother me. I see what you mean, though. Yeah, it always takes me the first few minutes of older movies. I like have to adapt in my mind like, OK, this is what I'm in again and so i can start translating the stuff you have to contextualize I yourself do. i have to i have to train it's 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 kind of like um when you're talking to someone that doesn't doesn't have english first language and you have to get used to their like inflections and all those things like that's how it is with old movies for me where i'm like okay they're saying these things it's not how i normally talk but it's i can understand it and so normally the first few minutes i i lose it all but then I pick up what they're doing and then I'm good with it. But I agree. I, th- I think it's very like over dramatized in old, old and it does feel a lot like plays. Even the dialogue too. Like I think when you and I watched this together, Scott, you had said like, who says that? Like mm-hmm. in one of the earlier and I said, you know, yeah, I mean, dialogue in these older movies is very theatric. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember exactly what it was. It was something that Jimmy Stewart had said to uh, the friend. I don't even remember the friend's name. Uh, oh, the, no, the no, one that okay, hired him. Yeah. Oh, I forgot his name too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it was something that in their interaction, it was something that that uh, Scotty Jimmy Stewart said, and Scott was like, "Who talks like that?" <laughs> like, but I honestly love it. Like it, it, it feels so right in the movie when I'm watching. I'm like, it, it makes sense, and I like it. I think it's, I think it's fun. It doesn't bother me at all. You know? Yeah, yeah. It just takes me a little bit, like. Honestly, like I couldn't tell you what happened in the first five minutes of this movie because a uh, guy falls off a roof. That was pretty I much do, the first five minutes. I do remember that scene, but like his first conversation with Midge. Like, yeah. I don't remember really what they even talked about. Yeah. Uh, they talked about a bra. Yeah. I mean, they did. That's true. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get what you mean. Zach, what do you think about like acting in the 1950s versus now? Um, I'd probably agree with pretty much everything you guys have said. Um, but I think, uh, I think an aspect of it too is, um, I feel like whereas maybe acting has kind of evolved to feel a little bit more realistic. Um, I feel like also just the way that movies are filmed now have also evolved as well, mm. you know, into where like, uh, the camera work that you would see in, in more modern movies feel a little bit more dynamic. Um, and, Whereas I, I can't picture like older actors acting in a way that would feel really realistic with the way that like the camera work was to it. Like it, it would feel almost out of place, you know? Interesting. Like, like I feel like the, the frames that we see in older movies as well look a little theatrical too. And so it, it, it almost feels like it fits. Yeah. I guess if that makes sense. I don't feel like I explained that well just now, but... Well, I might, I might like throw a curveball at you, because uh, I think I agree with you. But um, one movie that stands out to me in particular is La La Land, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, the the sequence where they're uh, dancing on, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be like Mulholland Drive or something like that, but they're dancing on the road after the the pool party. Yeah, yeah. All of that, like, I initially, like, that was the moment that I fell in love with that movie when I watched it the first time because it was so reminiscent framing-wise yeah. of older movies, mm-hmm. but done in with very, like, modern acting, modern voicing, modern dialogue, 
And it was like, oh man, this is great because it's paying such homage to or homage to like 1950s musicals. I think that's like what makes, in my opinion, La La Land so great is like it, it captures that like kind of romantic sentimental feel of like those older movies, but like kind of leaves out some of like the cheesy aspects that feel like they don't age as well. Do you guys want to pivot and just talk about La La Land for the rest of the episode? That's a good idea. Oh, I'm down. Yeah, I mean, the first time I saw it, the person next to me wouldn't shut up, so <laughs> I had to watch it again. But, who who was next to you? Uh, actually, funny enough, I saw it with you. Uh, it was me? No, but it wasn't you. Oh. Somebody that we didn't know was sitting next to us, oh. and the, and I was so mad the whole time, and then the lights came on. It was somebody I went to high school with. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you? Yeah, who, who was it? I'm not going to name names. Well, <laughs> you know you think, who you are. You think they're going to listen this far into this episode? You don't even, I doubt they even listen. Uh, it's sure. I mean, his name is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know who that is. I mean, if he's talking during a movie, know. like he should, he should get called out for you that. You should just bleep out. We'll the, bleep the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's on him, man. Yeah, I. So I had to don't watch, talk during movies in the theater. I'd watch a lot of land a second time. I I watched my first movie in theaters for a long time yesterday, and I went to go see a horror movie with my girlfriend. What movie? It, uh, the unholy I, I hated it don't <laughs> it was i mean it was a bad movie and i hate horror movies so just like all around not not a great experience for me but did was, she like it she did she okay. had fun uh but it was like it was me and her and then there were two other people in the theater and they wouldn't stop talking to each other like, there's only two people there's four people in this theater and two of them won't shut up Are did, you he, kidding did me? he go to your high school uh no i didn't know <laughs> it was also <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Oh man. Well, uh, what, uh, what about this movie really worked for you? Uh, and I think, I feel like we've talked a fair enough about what didn't work, but, uh, let's, let's go around, around the room since we were all late bloomers. What really worked for you about this movie? I think the thing that worked the most was how good Dan still looked back then versus (laughs) Dan has aged well. He hasn't aged a bit. Yeah. He, talking about? he was in this movie, Dan. Yeah, I figured yeah. because Dan was what, like, that was like his 40th birthday? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. When yeah. this came out? Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> He's immortal, right? <laughs> he is immortal. Uh, I mean, he thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really like the story. I, I think what Zach said earlier, like, the, the bones of this are really good. I didn't see the twist coming. Uh, really caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that from this style of movie like back this far and so uh, it caught me off guard it was really good um i think the beginning was a little slow but i was willing to look past it uh because i felt like it paid off but yeah i mean i don't think there was anything in this movie that didn't work for me Hmm. um i i think that hitchcock is a or was a master storyteller and like everything i watch i'm always I always love it. Like even I know I've talked uh, M for murder a little bit, but like I watched that, that movie takes place in one room. It, it, that felt a lot like a play. And I was like, wow, this is such a great story still. And I feel like every time I watch one, I'm like, oh, that was just a really good, fun story. And I, I genuinely, I think I loved everything about it. I'd probably just echo everything that Scott just said. Um, I thought the story was, was good. Um, I thought the twist was really great, really, really clever. Um, and then I'll kind of echo like what you said earlier, Tyler, the, uh, the technical aspects of this movie that have gone on to influence other movies, 
I think is cool. It's kind of cool to see like where the, where all that comes from. I'm with you in that like the first time I saw that trombone shot in Fellowship of the Ring, I thought it was like super awesome. And still now when you see it, it's still super awesome. Yeah. Um, and so that all that worked for me. Yeah, I uh, obviously the technical elements for me, I thought were really neat to like see them developed, you know, uh, and, and just kind of see their uh, well executed, but humble origins. Um, but also I think, you know, there were a couple of other things that, you know, in particular, maybe like, I, I would say like technical moments, um, when, uh, after he's made her over, uh, to look like, you know, this woman, which by the way, was the most upsetting scene in the movie for me. I was like, my gosh, why are you putting yourself through this? Oh yeah. It was really like, I, I, <laughs> the whole time I'm thinking like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you need to see a counselor. Dude. Like, you know, no, for her. Yeah, like, like, I'm like, uh, like, are you safe right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but she also needs to see a counselor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone in this movie does honestly. Yeah. Everyone in this movie. But when she comes out of the bathroom, sort of the big reveal and the way that they did that, where she looked a little ghostly. Like it was yeah. a, it was a really cool lighting and lensing trick that like, I don't think I had seen done that well before. Um, that like really, really interested me. Um, story wise, you know, of course the, the plot twist was incredible. I, I, I had to ask Scott, I think we paused it and rewound because I'm like, wait, what's happening? Like Mm -hmm. it caught me so off guard. I had to rewind it too. At first I was like, I don't know if I understand what just happened. I wasn't positive until she said like, like I feel like the, that letter would have been heavy handed that she wrote. Right. Except for that. I wasn't sure until she wrote it. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. I felt the same way. Uh, and you know, I, I, I think the, I think I liked the ending. I, I kind of like it ended and I was sort of like either this didn't give me enough or it gave me too much. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, actually her falling out. It yeah. Did end kind of abruptly. Yeah. I, I completely forgot about that. The end was really weird. Like that nun comes out of the Yeah, the yeah. nun. Like, well, I was like, like, what the frick? I, like I, I wasn't sure again, like if they gave me too much or not enough where it was like that might've been really profound or it also might have been really sad tragically pointless the ending was weird i thought what would you like change about would you take it back a little bit and end it earlier or would you like have his character explore more of what he was feeling through that or like what how would you adjust it i feel like it would have been compelling and depressing if she didn't die and they just continued on this really Uh, sick gross relationship yeah that doesn't seem like that would have flown in the 1950s but i agree with you that would have been really compelling i also i feel like her death is fine if i have some context for the nun like maybe if they just swapped out the nun for like any other person that they both know like the the nun was so weird yeah or, or if we had met the nun at some point. I mean, I guess the the context, the only context there is just that they're in that mission. Sure, sure. But I mean, like if, if her being like, I get that the nun comes out of the shadow and so she thinks it's probably someone else and that's what scares her and then she falls and then the nun comes into the light and we realize it's just a nun. Like, I, I get that. But we don't know who she thinks it is that it scares her. Yeah, I mean, I think everything 
like, I don't know. I think she was just terrified and then also had a guilty conscience for uh, tricking Jimmy Stewart and like, you know, being accomplice to murder. Yeah. But I, I guess I just mean like if they could have tricked that it was the guy and then the light reveals that it's not like if they would have just given me a little bit more of uh, who she thought it was. of who she thought it was, I think it would have been a much more like satisfying end uh-huh. where it's I like, again, assumed she thought it was the husband that paid her. That's what I assume. I guess. I mean, I don't know who else you would assume it was, yeah. but like it just, again, like either too much or not enough. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about the end, but yeah, other than that, I, I, I genuinely love this movie. I don't think that this is something to your point earlier, Jake, that I'm going to go back and like, Oh, let's watch vertigo anytime soon. Um, but it is a movie that I'm going to like watch with someone in the future that hasn't seen it that I'm going to say, Oh, you haven't seen this. We'll, we'll, we should watch it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it again at some point, but I, I think I have a lot of, a lot of Hitchcock movies to work through my list and also just a lot of movies for this podcast. Sure. All right, Jake. Well, let's uh, let's spin up those servers that I you keep telling me they don't exist. It's you know, it, it, for all intents and purposes, to you they're there. Oh, that's there's, so relieving. There's some magic happening. That, that's my job. It's just relieving to hear you say that. Yeah. Honestly. How much RAM do our servers have? Just a lot. <laughs> <laughs> do they like, like are, how eight, many terabytes of like, RAM? Like like. Like 15, you know, like, like 128 megabits. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. It, there's, there's a lot going on here, you know, and it, I wanted it at least a terabyte of Ram. <sighs> That's, uh, the technology does not exist say, in does, 1958 does, in which we're, Oh, <laughs> every time we rate a movie, that's the technology we have to use. That's correct. Okay. I'm actually using the 1940s technology that limited Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> you just have a radio transmitter. Yeah. Yeah. Throwback to skyfall in which time 128 megabits of Ram was an exceptionally uh, yeah. large amount. Like, They'll He's got all multiple the multiple supercomputers to do that. It, it it's the size of a small building. Sweet. So let's let's, spin let's that jump up. into the ratings. Jake, what would you give this? I feel like I'm going to come off high for most people, but I don't know. I'm going to give this a nine point two. I loved it. I I'm going to predict that you're correct. Yeah, <laughs> loved it from start to finish. Zach, what would you rate this? I'll give it a seven point nine. And uh, I'm going to give this, I'm going to, we're going to end with Scott for the first time. Wow. We, we wow. usually end with me uh, because I'm inputting all these, but we're going to end with Scott. Uh, I'm going to give this a uh, 8.1. I'm going to give it an 8.4. All right. Why well, did you look at me when you said that? Because I was your second highest rated Dude, on that thanks. one. Yeah, I was a lot above, but, and I knew I would be, but I, I genuinely I had such a good time. I thought it was really good. This jumped up to the 14th spot for us. This is our 14th highest rated movie now. Wow. Yeah. So just as a reminder, the other guys gave this a 94%. IMDb gave it an 8.3. And on Rotten Potatoes, it is an 84%. Nice. Yeah. I think that 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 sounds right for this mix. It sounds really right to me because I gave it an 8.4. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So just above this, uh, we have... Uh, the Green Mile uh, was uh, an 86% just above that. Um, uh, Social Network just below it, uh, <laughs> just to break Zach's heart a little bit. Uh, Social Network, uh, we had rated an 83. 
Uh, that is one that I will say I rated too low. You'll we'll, we'll put can an we, asterisk. Can we get like an adjusted rating sheet for the movies that Scott was too strict with? <laughs> if, if you guys are open to it, we can go back and retroactively change a couple of mine. I think that we should keep the original, but also have have an adjusted. Just an asterisk kind yeah, of. Like, yeah. Adjusted for inflation. Are there any uh, that you guys think you guys have rated too high or too low? I'm going to have to go back and look. Yeah. I think I rated Braveheart maybe too high. Mm. And then I think I rated, I came out really strong against Independence Day and uh, mm-hmm. Armageddon. And Armageddon. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I think I gave, yeah, him you like gave Armageddon a three. <laughs> you gave Armageddon a three? <laughs> yeah. A three. Armageddon yeah. was too long, but it was good fun, you know? Yeah. Jake. I mean, I, I had I had zero fun six. with Armageddon, um, but it, it's not a three. You didn't love watching Steve Buscemi get space touched. <laughs> no. Do we want to get back you into that? Keep, yeah. You just keep. That was all Tyler's you, lowest rated movie. What's I, Armageddon? Really? It's because of you. It stands. <laughs> you I think that Armageddon was worse it. than Chuggy? Or uh, what? Child's Play? Child's, Child's Play? play. Uh, he, no. he actually rated... Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Napoleon Dynamite higher. He gave it a four. Whoa. I'd probably give Armageddon in the fives, and I'd put Independence Day probably in the sixes. Low sixes. Yeah, I think going back, I I think I probably uh, you know we we didn't know what we were doing yet at all. I, yeah, we had I, no context for like what you know. I think I gave Stand by Me way too high of a rating. I gave it an eight, and you know I I would probably back that down a little bit. Um, I think that uh you know I probably rated uh Ghostbusters too high, but it was mostly out of anger at you guys. <laughs> I was so mad because I, I don't wait. Did, I don't remember doing Ghost. Did we do Ghostbusters? We did. We, did, we did Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah, I think we did Home Alone. Yeah, yeah. I gave Home Alone a four. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I would go uh go back and give Zisu a ten. Oh wow! Oh, no. I think I was too if, low. If anything, I'd give Zisu a lower score. No, you wouldn't. You said that you'd gone <laughs> yeah. back and thought it was funnier. I haven't watched it again. But like when you think about it, I said I've thought about wanting to go back and watch it again. Yeah, just that's, for Stevesy. That's Stevesy. the thing about a lot of uh, what's his name, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson movies is I feel like in you have to see him once for context before you can actually enjoy it. No, I, yeah, that's true. What I was gonna say is I feel like when I watch them, I'm like that's not it's not as funny as I, it was in my head. Like when I hear somebody talk about it and mm. when I hear somebody say something, like, that's really funny. And then I watch it and I'm like, that really missed. For no, me. like, yeah, his execution of the jokes aren't as good as the jokes. No, themselves. you're wrong. You're wrong. And maybe I am. I've never gone back and rewatched one. Give it a try. So I probably will. I think we should probably go back and redo face off. No, <laughs> that should be our only hundred percent. No, but we will do the sequel when it comes out. We, we gave it a forty-three percent, which is just too low. Is it a sequel or a reboot? <laughs> it's a. It's reboot. gonna no. It's gonna be a sequel. It's is Nick Cage gonna be in it? It's look, getting... look, look! I listened to because he uh, the the guy who's gonna direct it just did Kong versus Godzilla. So there's a movie podcast I listened to, and they had him on, and they brought up the they asked him, "Is it gonna be a reboot or a sequel?" And he said, "A sequel." And they're like, "So are you gonna bring back?" Travolta and Cage and he said look I don't consider it a sequel unless it has the two main characters in it so he pretty much said like it's um, a reboot no no that no, it's he's saying oh, he's that it's trying to get them in it oh yeah got it. I'm thrilled I'm pretty thrilled too well you guys want to go see it in theaters <laughs> oh yeah definitely absolutely 
I may even, I haven't gotten to see a movie in theaters since, you know, COVID started, but I may hold out. I may fast from going to see movies in theaters and break it with, with face off. I actually would maybe go back and rate the good, the bad and the ugly even lower <laughs> wow. because I think Ghostbusters was better than the good, the bad and the ugly. We did and Ghostbusters, I did Ghostbusters as a four. That's a hot take. We did. You should have known yeah. that at the time. I don't think you can say that now. I can. I think I think he can. I actually I think Ghostbuster deserved the four. I just think the good, the bad, and the ugly got rated too high. I, I actually, Jake, I'm gonna break your heart. I, I would rate the good, the bad, and the ugly lower as well. I rated it what I rated it in the moment because I felt so bad that, that Scott and so Zach <laughs> crapped all over it so much. Zach didn't even Zach did a 7.6. I'll be Zach honest. Even a 5.1. <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys, that might be my favorite movie. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. I know I it is. It. I know it is, but I, I feel bad for your children. One day. <laughs> They're going to love it. <laughs> and like, this just goes to show you this movie goes to show you vertigo that, that we can love and appreciate older movies. And in fact, we're doing another movie uh, in a couple of weeks from the early 1970s. Uh, that I imagine will probably be rated fairly high. I think we all maybe love um, one of my favorite movies is Twelve Angry Men. So yeah, we've, just, yeah. we've all we've just, just seen, all it. seen it. But yeah, we all love that movie. That for sure. Eventually, when we run out of movies that we one of us hasn't seen, I guess we'll we'll, we'll throw do Twelve it, Angry yeah. Men in there. But the we good, the bad, and the ugly for me. I get that it is for you, and I appreciate that, and I love that for you. I just rated it way too high. I rated it an eight point one, and it was not it, it it like putting this movie i i rated vertigo also an 8.1 and vertigo is much better of a movie than the good the bad and the ugly i go watch good the bad and the ugly again i don't have 3 hours <laughs> i love it but it's it's a day if they cut out all the scenes of just the desert <laughs> and it was only an hour and a half it would be pretty good I, I might agree with that if they cut it down to just dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably at least an hour and a half of not dialogue. <laughs> I think that's probably true. There's a lot of pensive staring as well. Yeah. The, 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 sh <laughs> the showdown at the end is like five minutes <laughs> and it's just eyes. <laughs> and, right. and don't get me wrong. One minute of that was awesome. But like by minute four, I'm just I like, get a little bit dizzy <laughs> <laughs> when I watch it. All right. Well, make sure to tune in next week. Uh, we are doing Zach's pick. Uh, what do you have for us next week? I've got the Truman Show queued up for us. Nice. So we're sticking in the 20th century for looking, a little bit longer. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is definitely newer than 1958. In fact, it's, uh, I think, 40 years newer. Than I feel like uh, just because of how long movies have been around, like most movies are probably, you know, newer than 1958 because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like we get more movies now. That's and, true. And there's been a long time since 1958. That's know? true. Most of the movies that come out now, though, are not movies you absolutely should have seen. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, there's a there, that's the balance. History has just forgotten the names of those movies that came out that we should we shouldn't have seen then, though. Oh, no, I still remember all of them. Triple X, definitely not a movie you should have seen. No, I was talking about the movies from the 50s. Oh, like, got you know, it. Like, you know, am I going to be like, I can't think of even a funny name to do. Pretty much all the earnest movies. 
Oh yeah, all of the Ernest movies. If the word Ernest, Ernest goes is, to <laughs> yeah, if the word Ernest is in the title. You probably shouldn't have seen it. Well, except for uh, what's that movie called? Like on being Ernest or something like that. That's a good one. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, do you want to uh, give us any final thoughts before we close out? Yeah, Jake, just pick better. <laughs> <laughs>